0: Hello, everyone. I'm here with a dear friend I've known for years, Janine McKenzie. Janine, you are doing amazing work in the community. I wanted to highlight it a bit. Can you tell us a bit about your background and your passion and what you're
1: up to? You bet. You bet. Thanks for having me. I um, actually am a nurse by trade. I was a military nurse in the Air Force. And then after having four children in six years, I decided to take a break and I became very involved in my community here at Evergreen, Colorado. And I had a seventh grade son that came home with a permission slip to learn about his body in science class. And I thought, wait a minute, you're supposed to learn about your body in science class. Why am I getting a permission slip? So I went to go look at what they were teaching and it was sex ed, reproductive science. And it was body parts. And then it was contraception. And I said, that's okay. You could learn about those things. But how do you get from body parts to contraception? And so I was teaching a lot of uh, um, enrichment classes to kids in Evergreen, and with a high tea at the Brown Palace Hotel as one of the culminating activities. And so I had 65 or 70 kids that I called their parents and said, I'd like to ask your kids some questions. Can they come to my house for pizza? And so after they had the pizza, I had a flip chart. This is a 1991. Oh my goodness. I said, what do you guys wanna know about sex? <laughs> And no adult ever asks a child that. No. Well, um, they never asked one sex question. It was all about relationships. Really? And one kid said this, the first one to answer. It it touched my heart like it was yesterday. Miss McKenzie, does anybody stay together anymore? Oh. He was dealing with loss and family disillusion. And how do you find a partner? And how do you date? And how do you show affection? And how do you, how do you, how do you? And... Uh, I had no Google. I had to go from library to bookstore to library to bookstore to find, fu- and I was getting frustrated. And somebody said, "Do you know about the University of Denver? They have a repository of research about what makes relationships work and what makes relationships fail." No and I had no idea. No, I didn't either. Because I did relationships by feelings, like mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And many times feelings come and go, mm-hmm. but it's the skills that keeps you together. So I partnered with the University of Denver, now with the Harvard uh, Human Flourishing Project, and we created this curricula And with the kids. They came alongside of me. It was fun, a lot of activity-based, heart-based, not Mm head-based, because information alone doesn't change behavior. It's transformational. It touches the heart. It's Maslow on steroids, (laughs) meeting the needs of every heart. Everybody wants to be connected, dignified, loved, cherished, known, connected. And the, the U.S. Surgeon General just came out with the priority area of isolation and disconnection is the number one cause of teen suicide. Oh, geez. Guess what? We can, fi- we can fix it by helping them have the skills to move into healthy relationship training. And so what we did was we built this curricula over the course of 30 years now And it was a focus group by the kids. It's been um, for every community, whether you're LGBT, whether you're gay, straight, um, black, white, it doesn't matter, you're a human, Mm -hmm. right? You're a human. And so we train teachers. And why do we train teachers and social workers and foster care parents and boys and girls clubs and NGOs all over the country? Because it will change the community from the root cause, the number one cause. Of relationship dissolution, according to the literature, and and it's workplace relationships, family relationships, friendship, and romance, uh, is the inability to work through conflict. Ha, that's, yeah, that makes sense. So we teach them how to do conflict resolution because it's that ember that burns that you never resolve it and then you decide I'm done. No, and, and it's
0: so hard to get people to have tough conversations these days, especially young people. Because
1: they walk away. We have this disposable culture, mm-hmm. and marriage is down by 16%. Cohabitation is way up. The, 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 the dang, most dangerous place for a child to live is in a cohabitating step family. Really? Where that person, that man in that home, is not that child's father. Interesting. Or committed to their mom. Mm-hmm. Not to put down step families, I have a step family but but i would never live with somebody for the for the health and wellness of my children not for any moral reason right. but for the health and wellness of my children because that that man is not their dad and but he's committed to me tell me about the success triangle we talked about a little bit about the success sequence there's been several studies not just one And the most recent one was Dr. Brad Wilcox and Dr. Wendy Wang from the University of Virginia. It's called the success sequence. They wanted to know the causality of poverty. So they went out to explore this and do a deep dive in the literature for many, many years. And here's what they came up with. It's three things that you must do to stay out of poverty. One, graduate from high school, college is a bonus. Two, get a skill and a job, three, have a baby after you get married. <laughs> if, you mar- if you have a baby outside of a marriage, you, the, the, the percentage of poverty is, off, is like 90%. Oh my goodness. 10% of people who do th- in that order stay out of poverty. Wow. And this has been shown for minority kids and for kids who have v- come from very poor backgrounds. What are your like? What's your number
0: one advice for those of us that have been married a long time and we've just kind of gotten into our groove? And and how do you like um, deal with some of these tough issues or really go back to having critical conversations with your spouse, your loved one, your parents, whoever? Is there something that triggers or some turning thing you can do?
1: Well, many of us grew up with what we call ad- uh, adverse childhood experiences. ACES. Yes, I remember that study. The ACES study, and it's related to health. And as a nurse, I'm very, very impressed with this study. And so things could trigger us. Smells can trigger us. Sights can trigger us. A word can trigger us. And your spouse, your partner needs to know what you grew up with huh. you know, so that they can understand it. They need to know your personality. They need to know your love, their love language. They need to know your style of learning. They, they need to know your style of communication because all of those things, are, it's like knowing what you know, what's the, the, this particular plant needs and what kind of soil they need and what <laughs> kind of food. It's like putting your marriage in good soil.
0: Yeah. That's you a need great to, analogy. You need to know
1: the percentages. You need to know the expectations of your partner. You need to know the passions of your partner. What makes your partner light up? What makes your partner go down? And wouldn't it be great if every young couple that was getting married oh. had this training? Oh, my gosh. I, I think about, you know, because I'm in a step family. I had a family that broke up after a 20-year marriage. It almost devastated me. Oh. And I didn't work for two years. My four children were devastated. And um, and and I thought, I could have prevented this. I could have... If I would have had the skills, if my ex-husband would have had the skills, we would be together today. And my children would not have had to go through it. Now, I'm deliriously happy, I have a wonderful husband, you know, but, but my children still are children of divorce during holidays, during babies being born, during anniversaries, during people dying. It's that drama that we don't need. Right. Life is hard enough, let's just do it well.
0: Janine, you're doing such incredible work. Like, how do people find out more about your platform, your curriculum, if
1: they want to try and bring it to their school or oh just go gosh, through the process? Which, yeah, and we, uh, one of the things I want to say is we're trying to get rid of sex ed and, and put in relationship education instead. That would because, be transformational. It, because kids are marinating in sex. They need reproductive science. They need to know body parts. They need to know information. But they don't need sex ed. They need relationship skills training. And the way to get a hold of us is uh, MyRelationshipCenter.org, MyRelationshipCenter.org. MyRelationshipCenter.org. We have tons of stuff on the website about what we do. We have trainings going on all the time. We have several grants in our office uh, for marriage, fatherhood, mentoring, all kinds of things that are life-enhancing and health-enhancing.
0: That's amazing. Well, I so appreciate all the work you're doing. And boy, are we so disconnected right now as a society. We desperately need this for our young people and for everybody. For everybody, because when you're connected, you're protected. When you're connected, you're protected. I love that. Well, thanks, Janine. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: for having me. Of course.